Section 37 of the Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. Translated by Edward Bish. Book 4, Chapter 6 socrates's friends attain by frequenting his conversation an excellent way of reasoning the method he observed in arguing shown in several instances of the different sorts of government how socrates defended his opinions i will show in the next place how socrates's friends learned to reason so well by frequenting his conversation he held that they who perfectly understand the nature of things can explain themselves very well concerning them but that a man who has not that knowledge often deceives himself and others likewise he therefore perpetually conferred with his friends without ever being weary of that exercise it would be very difficult to relate how he defined every particular thing i will therefore mention only what i think sufficient to show what method he observed in reasoning and in the first place let us see how he argues concerning piety tell me said he to euthydemus what piety is it is a very excellent thing answered euthydemus and who is a pious man said socrates a man who serves the gods is it lawful added socrates to serve the gods in what manner we please by no means said euthydemus there are laws made for that purpose which must be kept he then who keeps these laws will know how he ought to serve the gods i think so and is it not true continued socrates that he who knows one way of serving the gods believes there is no better a way than his that is certain and will he not be careful how he does otherwise i believe he will he then who knows the laws that ought to be observed in the service of the gods will serve them according to the laws without doubt but he who serves the gods as the laws direct serves them as he ought true he does and he who serves the gods as he ought is pious there is no doubt of it thus then said socrates we have the true definition of a pious man he who knows in what manner he ought to serve the gods i think so said euthydemus tell me further continued socrates is it lawful for men to behave themselves to one another as they please in no wise answered euthydemus there are also certain laws which they ought to observe among themselves and do they said socrates who live together according to those laws live as they ought yes and do they who live as they ought live well certainly they do and does he who knows how to live well with men understand well how to govern his affairs it is likely that he may now do you believe said socrates that some men obey the laws without knowing what the laws command i do not believe it 
And when a man knows what he ought to do, do you think he believes that he ought not to do it? I do not think so. And do you know any men who do otherwise than they believe they ought to do? None at all. They then who know the laws that men ought to observe among themselves do what those laws command. I believe so. And do they who do what the laws command do what is just? Most surely. And they who do what is just are just likewise? None, but they are so. We may therefore well conclude, said Socrates, that the just are they who know the laws that men ought to observe among themselves. I grant it, said Euthydemus. And as for wisdom, pursued Socrates, what shall we say it is? Tell me whether are men said to be wise in regard to the things they know, or in regard to those they do not know? There can be no doubt, answered Euthydemus, but that it is in consideration of what they know, for how can a man be wise in things he knows not? Then, said Socrates, men are wise on account of their knowledge. It cannot be otherwise. Is wisdom anything but what renders us wise? No. Wisdom, therefore, is only knowledge? I think so. And do you believe, said Socrates, that it is in the power of a man to know everything, not so much as even the hundredth part? It is then impossible, said Socrates, to find a man who is wise in all things. Indeed it is, said Euthydemus. It follows then, said Socrates, that every man is wise in what he knows? I believe so. But can we, by this same way of comparison, judge of the nature of good? As how, said Euthydemus, do you think, said Socrates, that the same thing is profitable to all men? By no means. Do you believe that the same thing may be profitable to one and hurtful to another? I think it may. Then is it not the good that is profitable? Yes, certainly. Therefore, what is profitable is a good to him to whom it is profitable. That is true. Is it not the same with what is beautiful? For can you say that a body or a vessel is beautiful and proper for all the world? By no means. You will say then that it is beautiful in regard to the thing for which it is proper. Yes. But tell me whether what is reputed beautiful for one thing has the same relation to another as to that to which it is proper. No. Then whatever is of any use is reputed beautiful in regard to the thing to which that use relates. I think so. And what say you of courage, added Socrates? Is it an excellent thing? Very excellent, answered Euthydemus. But do you believe it to be of use in occasions of little moment? Yes, but it is necessary in great affairs. Do you think it of great advantage in dangers, continued Socrates, not to perceive the peril we are in? I am not of that opinion. At that rate, said Socrates, they who are not frightened, because they see not the danger, 
are in no wise valiant. There is no doubt of it, said Euthydemus, for otherwise there would be some fools and even cowards who must be accounted brave. And what are they who fear what is not to be feared? They are less brave than the others, answered Euthydemus. They, therefore, said Socrates, who show themselves valiant in dangerous occasions, are they whom you call brave, and they who behave themselves in them unworthily, are they whom you call cowards? Very right. Do you think, added Socrates, that any men are valiant in such occasions, except they who know how to behave themselves in them? I do not think there are. And are not they who behave themselves unworthily the same as they who know not how to behave themselves? I believe they are. And does not every man behave himself as he believes he ought to do? Without doubt. Shall we say then that they who behave themselves ill know how they ought to behave themselves? By no means. They, therefore, who know how to behave themselves, are they who behave themselves well? They and no others. Let us conclude, then, said Socrates, that they who know how to behave themselves well in dangers and difficult occasions are the brave, and that they who know not how to do so are the cowards. That is my opinion, said Euthydemus. Socrates was wont to say that a kingly government and a tyrannical government were indeed two sorts of monarchy, and that there was this difference between them, that under a kingly government the subjects obeyed willingly, and that everything was done according to the laws of the state, but that under a tyrannical government the people obeyed by force, and that all the laws were reduced to the sole will of the sovereign concerning the other sorts of government he said that when the offices of a republic are given to the good citizens this sort of state was called aristocracy or government of good men when on the contrary the magistrates were chosen according to their revenues it was called a plutocracy or government of the rich and when all the people are admitted without distinction to bear employments it is a democracy or popular government if any one opposed the opinion of socrates on any affair whatever without giving a convincing reason his custom was to bring back the discourse to the first proposition and to begin by that to search for the truth for example if Socrates had commended any particular person, and any stander-by had named another, and pretended that he was more valiant or more experienced in affairs, he would have defended his opinion in the following manner. You pretend, would he have said, that he of whom you speak is a better citizen than the person whom I was praising. Let us consider what is the duty of a good citizen and what man is most esteemed in a republic will you not grant me that in relation to the management of the public revenue he is in the highest esteem who while he has that office saves the republic most money in regard to the war it is he who gains most victories over the enemies 
if we are to enter into a treaty with other states it is he who can dexterously win over to the party of the republic those who before opposed its interests if we are to have regard to what passes in the assemblies of the people it is he who breaks the cabals who appeases the seditious who maintains concord and unity among the citizens this being granted him he applied these general rules to the dispute in question and made the truth plainly appear even to the eyes of those who contradicted him as for himself when he undertook to discourse of anything he always began by the most common and universally received propositions and was wont to say that the strength of the argument consisted in so doing and indeed of all the men i have ever seen i know none who could so easily bring others to own the truth of what he had a mind to prove to them and he said that homer speaking of ulysses called him the certain and never-failing orator because he had the art of supporting his arguments upon principles that were acknowledged by all men End of section 37